Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Milton's Paradise Lost, Book 3, Lines 555 through 742. Round he surveys, and well might, where he stood so high above the circling canopy of night's extended shade, from eastern point of Libra to the fleecy star that bears Andromeda far off Atlantic seas beyond the horizon. Then, from pole to pole he views in breadth, and without longer pause downright into the world's first region throws his flight precipitant, and winds with ease through the pure marble air his oblique way amongst innumerable stars that shone stars distant, but nigh hand seemed other worlds, or other worlds they seemed, or happy isles, like those Hesperian gardens famed of old, fortunate fields and groves and flowery vales, thrice happy isles. But who dwelt happy there he stayed not to inquire. Above them all, the golden sun, in splendor likest heaven, allured his eye. Thither his course he bends, through the calm firmament, but up or down, by center or eccentric, hard to tell, or longitude. Where the great luminary aloof the vulgar constellations thick, that from his lordly eye keep distance due, dispenses light from far. They, as they move their starry dance in numbers that compute days, months, and years, towards his all-cheering lamp, turn swift their various motions, or are turned by his magnetic beam, that gently warms the universe and to each inward part with gentle penetration, though unseen, shoots invisible virtue even to the deep. So wondrously was set his station bright. There lands the fiend, a spot like which perhaps astronomer in the sun's lucent orb through his glazed optic tube yet never saw. The place he found beyond expression bright, compared with aught on earth, metal or stone. Not all parts like, but all alike informed with radiant light, as glowing iron with fire. If metal, part seemed gold, part silver clear. If stone, carbuncle most, or chrysolite, ruby or topaz, to the twelve that shone in Aaron's breastplate, and a stone besides imagined rather oft than elsewhere seen. That stone, or like to that, which here below philosophers in vain so long have sought. In vain, though by their powerful art they bind volatile Hermes, and call up unbound in various shapes old Proteus from the sea, drained through a limbic to his native form. What wonder then, if fields and regions here breathe forth elixir pure, and rivers run potable gold, when with one virtuous touch the archchemic sun so far from us remote, produces, with terrestrial humor mixed, here in the dark so many precious things of color glorious, and effect so rare? Here matter new to gaze the devil met, undazzled. Far and wide his eye commands. For sight no obstacle found here, nor shade, but all sunshine, as when his beams at noon culminate from the equator 
as they now shot upward still direct, whence no way round, shadow from body opaque can fall. And the air, nowhere so clear, sharpened his visual ray to objects distant far, whereby he soon saw within Ken a glorious angel stand, the same whom John saw also in the sun. His back was turned, but not his brightness hid. Of beaming sunny rays a golden tiar circled his head, nor less his locks behind, illustrious on his shoulders, fledged with wings, lay waving round. On some great charge employed he seemed, or fixed in cogitation deep. Glad was the spirit impure, as now in hope to find who might direct his wandering flight to paradise, the happy seat of man, his journey's end and our beginning woe. But first he casts to change his proper shape, which else might work him danger or delay. And now a stripling cherub he appears, not of the prime, yet such as in his face youth smiled celestial, and to every limb suitable grace diffused, so well he feigned. Under a coronet his flowing hair in curls on either cheek played. Wings he wore of many a colored plume sprinkled with gold, his habit fit for speed succinct, and held before his decent steps a silver wand. He drew not nigh unheard, the angel bright, ere he drew nigh, his radiant visage turned, admonished by his ear, and straight was known the archangel Uriel, one of the seven who in God's presence, nearest to his throne, stand ready at command, and are his eyes that run through all the heaven, or down to the earth bear his swift errands over moist and dry, or sea and land. Him Satan thus accosts. Uriel, for thou of those seven spirits that stand in sight of God's high throne, gloriously bright, the first art want his great authentic will interpreter through highest heaven to bring where all his sons thy embassy attend. And here art likeliest by supreme decree like honor to obtain, and as his eye to visit oft this new creation round, unspeakable desire to see and know all these his wondrous works, but chiefly man, his chief delight and favor, him for whom all these his works so wondrous he ordained hath brought me from the choirs of cherubim alone thus wandering. Brightest seraph, tell, in which of all these shining orbs hath man his fixed seat? Or fixed seat hath none, but all these shining orbs his choice to dwell, that I may find him, and with secret gaze or open admiration him behold, on whom the great Creator hath bestowed worlds, and on whom hath all these graces poured, that both in him and all things, as is meet, the universal Maker we may praise, who justly hath driven out his rebel foes to deepest hell, and, to repair that loss, created this new happy race of men to serve him better. Wise are all his ways. So spake the false dissembler unperceived, for neither man nor angel can discern hypocrisy, the only evil that walks invisible, except to God alone, by his permissive will, through heaven and earth. 
and oft, though wisdom wake, suspicion sleeps at wisdom's gate, and to simplicity resigns her charge, while goodness thinks no ill where no ill seems, which now for once beguiled Uriel, though regent of the sun, and held the sharpest-sighted spirit of all in heaven, who, to fraudulent impostor foul, in his uprightness, answer thus returned. Fair angel, thy desire, which tends to know the works of God, thereby to glorify the great work master, leads to no excess that reaches blame, but rather merits praise the more it seems excess, that led thee hither from thy imperial mansion thus alone, to witness with thine eyes what some, perhaps, contented with report, here only in heaven. For wonderful indeed are all his works, pleasant to know, and worthiest to be all had in remembrance always with delight. But what created mind can comprehend their number, or the wisdom infinite that brought them forth, but hid their causes deep? I saw when at his word the formless mass, this world's material mold, came to a heap. Confusion heard his voice, and wild uproar stood ruled, stood vast infinitude confined, till at his second bidding darkness fled, light shone, and order from disorder sprung. Swift to their several quarters hasted then the cumbrous elements, earth, flood, air, fire, and this ethereal quintessence of heaven flew upward, spirited with various forms that rolled orbicular and turned to stars numberless, as thou seest, and how they move. Each had his place appointed, each his course. The rest in circuit walls this universe. Look downward on that globe, whose hither side with light from hence, though but reflected, shines. That place is earth, the seat of man. That light his day, which else as the other hemisphere night would invade. But there the neighboring moon so call that opposite fair star, her aid timely interposes, and her monthly round still ending, still renewing, though mid-heaven. With borrowed light her countenance triform hence fills and empties to enlighten the earth, and in her pale dominion checks the night. That spot to which I point is paradise, Adam's abode, those lofty shades his bower. Thy way thou canst not miss, me mine requires. Thus said, he turned, and Satan, bowing low, as to superior spirits is wont in heaven, where honor due and reverence none neglects, took leave, and toward the coast of earth beneath, down from the ecliptic, sped with hoped success, throws his steep flight in many an airy wheel, nor stayed till on Nifity's top he lights. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend 
we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.